So we are going to continue in our series we called The Fight of Faith. This is our fourth message. Uh, let's look at 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. It says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Is there a fight in the, the life of faith? Yes, there is. Otherwise, this verse and other verses that we've read, and we'll read a few more here, they wouldn't say, they wouldn't talk about fighting. It would just be like, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. You won't have to lift a finger. It'll all be good. Now, there is a concept there. We need to relax and rest in Jesus. We talked about that. But there is a fight. But we need to know what the fight is and not get, in wrong, not get involved in the wrong fight. And we've, we've talked about this. If you haven't listened to the first three messages, I encourage you to go back and listen to those because we're not going to repeat all that. We're building on, on what we've already covered. Uh, but we, we've covered some scripture that there is a fight. There is a fight in the Christian life. The fight is just what it says here. It's a fight of faith. It's to remain in faith. It's to remain in rest. It's to continue to believe God in the face of circumstance, in the face of contradictory feelings or, or um, circumstance going on. It could be any area economically, relationally. Um, it could be in your body. To, to stay in faith and believe what God has said in His Word in the face of circumstances or feelings that contradict His Word, that is the fight. We're not to fight the devil, per se. He's been defeated. And we're going to get into some of that some more tonight. He's been defeated. You don't need to fight him, but he's going to try to push you off. So you do need to press in to stay in the rest of God and stay in faith. And that's, that's what the, the life of faith and the Christian life uh, is all about, is maintaining faith in God, maintaining the course that he has set for us, doing what he said in his word, being led by his spirit, and staying in faith regardless of what we see, we feel, we hear. Whatever our senses tell us, whatever circumstances are telling us. Uh, in the Amplified, 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. 2 Timothy 4, 6 at the end of Paul's life, it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, for in the time of my departure is at hand, I have fought the good fight of faith. Paul is saying at the end of his life, I did fight it. I fought what I needed to fight. I pressed through, and I'm not at the end. He said, I fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I pushed through all the junk that tried to pull me off, and I, I uh, went through to maintain my faith in God. I've done what He told me to do. I've run my race, and now I'm coming toward the end of my course. 1 Timothy 1.18. Just reading some scriptures that we've gone over. 1 Timothy 1.18. 
It says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. By the prophecies that have been spoken concerning Timothy, Paul is telling him, you wage a good warfare. You press in to all God has for you. Things that have been prophesied over you, spoken by the Spirit, you press in to what God has for you. You maintain being in faith, you wage the good warfare. 1 Timothy 1, 18, that verse 18 in the CV says, Timothy, my son, the instructions I am giving you are based on what some prophets once said about you. If you follow these instructions, you will fight like a good soldier. That's a different picture. It's, it's, it's picturing Timothy as a soldier fighting through this life. Again, fighting through, pushing out anything that would contradict God's word, that would try to come against God's plan for your life, and going through like a soldier toward all God has for him, in this case, and for us. Now let's read Ephesians 6.10 uh, in review again. We're, we'll review a little bit of what we talked about last week, and then we're going to go further. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. See, anything we're doing, it's supposed to be in God's strength, not in our own strength. It, when we talk about fighting the good fight of faith, this isn't in your known natural ability that you know, you're putting gloves on or anything like that. It's not natural. We're talking about relying on the Lord to help us through. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, we do have an adversary. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." Notice that language, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. It's talking about an effort, a press. It's a talking about a fight, not against natural things. It's a spiritual battle. We're supposed to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might that we'll be able to stand against things that would come, near, come against us, stand against the wiles or the strategies of, of Satan, of the devil, and press through and do what we are called to do. Now, last week, uh, we, we spent some time, and we're going to just look at a few scriptures to this effect, that we spent some time looking at the fact that Satan, he is our adversary as Christians on the earth. Satan is a fallen being. He once served God, was created by God, but he rebelled against God, and he is now called the God of this world. God gave dominion to Adam to, to uh, look over the world, to be the steward of this world, but, but Adam bowed his knee to Satan, sold out, and there we read many scriptures. If you, we're not going to review all that, so if you didn't hear that message, I encourage you to go back, listen to last week's message, the number three. It talks about how the Bible calls Satan the God of this world. He is the ruler of this world. He's not the ruler of all. God owns the world. God owns the universe. He's the creator. But Satan has, he's the one lording it over the people that aren't 
in the family of God right now. And so we need to know that because we need to understand why there is a press against us on this earth. If you, if you think it's all God, then you're, you're going to be fighting the wrong fight for sure. If you think your problem is God, then you're going to go about things all wrong. And there's a lot of people that are in that uh, category. You know, there, there is teaching in whole segments of Christianity that believe that everything that happens on the earth, good, bad, bad and different, is God. Everything that happens, they, would, they believe, is God's will and that God is in control of everything. Well, if you believe that, then if something bad happens, you're going to believe that it's God that did it to you. And so you're going to be pushing against God. You, if you get mad at God, you're targeting your weapons in the wrong direction. And, and everything's going to be messed up. We need to understand there is a devil. And he has influence in this world over things. He doesn't, he doesn't control Christians. And we're going to look at that in more depth tonight. But we need to know... There are bad things happening in the world, and it's not because God's orchestrating it. There is an adversary. There is a devil. You look at the things that are going on in the world right now. These are not the work of God. The bad that you see in the, in, in the world right now is not God's work. It's Satan's work. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan is the author of destruction in every form. And, and so as we're going through this life as Christians... There's going to be a press against us to get us to get off the plan of God. It's coming from the enemy and his influence on the earth. And he has influence to push buttons in people that will listen to him. In situations, there is an influence in the world. And so we need to understand that, that as we're walking through this world, we need to be in the right fight, not getting a fight with people not getting a, a fight of trying to war against Satan. We need to understand our rights and privileges in God through Jesus and understand what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be walking through this life. But we need to understand there is a pushback on us coming from Satan. So we can align our fight in the right direction, push our resistance, like it says in Ephesians, in the right direction. If we're pushing back on God or thinking He's our problem, we're already going in the wrong direction. So that we need to align our thoughts, align our actions to go in the right directions. Let's read a, a few scriptures just in review here as we uh, go into the rest of what we have tonight. 2 Corinthians 4, 3, it says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are, are perishing, Verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, it, uh, Paul is saying, if our gospel is veiled, if it's not seen clearly, it's veiled to those who are perishing, who are not saved. Verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. There is a God of this age. This is referring to Satan. It's not God. God is not blinding people so they can't get born again. This, we went to many more scriptures here. We're going to go through a few more. But many more speaking to the fact that Satan is the God of this world. He's the one that's blinding people. He's the one that's pushing back on the gospel. It says, 
Verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Acts 26, 17 says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as God speaking to Paul, as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. See, God is telling Paul here, I'm sending you so that you can preach to these Gentiles in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Just like what it was saying in 2 Corinthians, that, that these people's eyes are blinded by the God of this age. Here it says that they would be delivered from the power of Satan. So they're under that influence and be delivered to God. In John 16, 7, we read this as well. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and see me, you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Jesus is talking about the ruler of this world being judged because Jesus is going to the Father. That's talking about Satan, calling him the ruler of this world. So Satan does have influence. He is the adversary. He is pushing back on Christians. But what we need to know is that Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, defeated Satan. And for the Christian, Satan has no power any longer. So we are in this world. We live in this world. There is a God, lower G, of this world. His name is Satan. But we as Christians serve the almighty God, uppercase G, and he is the owner of all. Satan's lease is going to run out. He's running amok, you know, causing destruction in the world the world, but he doesn't have influence over Christians. Uh, Hebrews 2.14, we looked at this. We'll pick up here. Hebrews 2.14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, talking about Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. See, it says that Jesus had to come to earth and become flesh and blood because humanity was flesh and blood. He had to become like us, that through death, giving himself as a sacrifice, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. So by coming and dying on that cross, and being resurrected from the grave, he destroyed the power of the devil. In the NLT it says, For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Past tense. He had the power of death. 
Jesus broke the power of the devil over the Christian. Hebrews 2.14, in the Amplified, it says, Therefore, since these his children share in, the flesh, or share in flesh and blood the physical nature of mankind, he himself, in a similar manner, also shared in the same physical nature, but without sin, so that through experiencing death he might make powerless, ineffective, impotent him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus, by his sacrifice, rendered the devil powerless over any Christian, anyone that believes in Jesus, what he did, now Satan has no power over that person as a Christian any longer. Satan still has power over those that are in his dominion. Only through Jesus can you be translated from Satan's dominion into God's dominion, into Satan's, from Satan's power to where we are in the family of God and Satan has no power over us. Let's look at Colossians 1 verse 12. Now we're talking about fighting, the fight of faith. And we need to understand the lay of the land. We need to understand what's going on because Satan is a liar and he will try to make himself bigger than he is. He'll try to tell you as a Christian that he does have power over you. And he'll point to circumstances and try to get you to believe that he can do whatever he wants to you and get you to look at circumstances. See, look at that. I'm going to take you down. We need to know he's a defeated foe. We need to know we're not under his power. We need to press back. Colossians 1 verse 12. It says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. See, it says he has delivered us, past tense, from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. God, through Jesus, delivered us from the power of darkness and He conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, the kingdom of Jesus. See, it's through what Jesus did, we are taken out of the power of darkness and then put in God's kingdom. In the Amplified, verse 13 there, Amplified Classic, it says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. See, He's drawn us out of the control and the dominion of darkness. In other words, Satan does not control, and he does not, does not dominate the Christian any longer. Because of what Jesus did, and because us, of us believing, if you're a Christian, if you have believed on the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior then Satan, his power is broken, and you're not under his control. You're not under his dominion any longer. And that is the only way to get out of his dominion. Satan has a legal right on this earth 
And those that don't believe on Jesus, Jesus is the only way back to God. And it doesn't matter, you know, anybody can, can jump up and down and believe all kinds of man-made religion, but the thing is, legally, there is no way out of that dominion of darkness except through the blood of Jesus, period. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we believe. If it doesn't line up to the truth, Satan still has dominion over humanity apart from Jesus. Now, we're going to read some verses that show that Satan does not have control over the Christian. We just read that, that God, through Jesus, delivered us out of His control, out of His dominion. Let's look at some more verses to this effect. Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He said, All authority has been given to me, Jesus said. Then he said, Go therefore. He turned right around. He has authority given to him. He said, All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. In other words, Satan's power is broken. And then he said, go therefore, telling his disciples, he commissioned them and said, now you go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. In the Amplified Classic, verse 19 says, go then. So he said, all authority has been given to me. He said, go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So authority was given to Jesus, and Jesus commissioned his disciples. You and I, if you believed on the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then you're a disciple of God, of Jesus, and then you fall into this same category. Jesus is commissioning the church. Now you go throughout the earth in the authority that he has delegated to the church. He said, all authority has been given to me. You go, therefore. That's delegated authority. He said, now you go into the earth. It's been given to me. Now I'm commissioning you. You can see this very clearly. You know, if you've ever worked for a business or been part of a team, you know, the leader of the business may, may say, okay, we're going to do such and such. I want this done. Now he doesn't go and do it all himself. He says, I need this done, and he turns to somebody that's uh, working under him and says, now, might be the head of a department. You know, the CEO might turn to, you know, the, the president or whoever's under him and say, I need this done. And then the president says, he has authority to do it. The CEO said, hey, we need this done. And he turns, you know, to the heads of marketing and sales and engineering and said, guys, Got to get this done. He just delegated his authority to them and said, we're getting it done. And then those guys may go to the, the different people in their departments and say, all right, came down from the top. We're getting this done here. You, 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 go. Well, what is that? That's authority to do it. They couldn't act apart. Just go and just do something. Just decide, hey, I just want to do that. No, it's a chain of command. What's the chain of command? What's being passed down? Authority. What do we have as Christians? We have authority from on high. God 
All authority has been given to Jesus. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. You go, and you do. So we have authority on this earth. We have authority to do the work that God has called us to do. Satan, his power has been broken. And he does not want you as a Christian to know that he has no authority over you. He wants to bully and pressure and push you and make you think he can take you out anytime he wants, but the truth is he cannot. And the fight of faith is believing what God has said, even when the pressure of circumstances is coming in and telling you something contrary. Satan will tell you, you're going down. You're not going to make it. This isn't going to work. And I'm going to take you out, essentially. And what we need to know is that he doesn't have the authority to do it. He can't do it. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, verse 8. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So it starts off saying, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant. Let's be clear-headed. Be on guard, because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion. Didn't say he is one, it says he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That means he can't devour everybody. And if he could, then this next verse makes no sense. Verse 9 says, resist him steadfast in the faith. If he could just come in and do whatever he wants in your life, why resist him? Why does the Bible tell us to resist him? If it's not going to do any good, if he can just do what he wants, why would you need to resist? This is why there's a fight. We're not fighting Satan. We're fighting to do what God has told us to do, stay in the rest of trusting God, and push off the, the thoughts and the deceptions of Satan and say, oh, no, no, I'm not going your way. You're a liar. Shut up. Well, if he could just cut, he'll tell you, well, no, this is going to happen to him. If he can take you out anytime he wants, why didn't he already do it? He can't. He's a liar. Uh, in the CEV verses 8 and 9, 5, 1 Peter 5 verse 8 and 9 says, Be on your guard and stay awake. Amen. Stay awake. Don't just truck through life, you know, on cruise control and whatever will be, will be. No, be on guard. Stay awake. Doesn't say tremble and be afraid, but stay awake. Be, be ready. It says, your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion, sneaking around to find someone to attack. But you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. You know that all over the world, the Lord's followers are suffering, suffering just as you are. Don't let Satan tell you, you're the only one that has ever gone through the situation that you're facing. That's a lie. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. They, you're not experiencing something that's so different from everybody else. In some form, people are experiencing it all over the world. That's what the Bible is saying. We need to understand, because Satan will try to get you to feel sorry for yourself, get you to feel like there's nobody that's ever gone through this. It's so hard. And if you not watch it, 
If you don't watch it, somewhere in there is the insinuation that God's not coming through for you, that stuff isn't going to work, that, and he's, he's subtly trying to get you out of faith and get you to start pointing your, your uh, fight against God. That's a lot of times what's in there. He's trying to take you out. This whole thing, knowing that the, the, the same things are experienced throughout the world by other Christians, we need to keep in mind we're not unique. If you're gonna if you're gonna walk godly, you're going to go through things um, in the fight of faith. It's not a bad confession to say, "Well, it's just gonna be so hard if you're gonna follow God." No, we need to know that if you're gonna follow God, there will be there will be uh, attacks on you to try to get you off. As far as the resistance, everything we're talking about, Satan will try to sow lies to you. He'll try to sow deception. He'll, he'll try to get you pressured. But he does that to everybody. And so we need to know that. We need to be awake, like it said. We need to be on guard, and we need to know what's going on. But know we are told to resist him. Doesn't say he can just come over and overtake us. We're told to resist him. Push back, in other words. Fight. Don't just roll over and say, oh, God, why, why is this? What's going on? Why is this happening? Where are you? No, that's all, that's all junk. We need to say, no, God's true. He's told me to do. You know, he's given me instruction in the Word. He's given me personal instruction, and I am going on with him. Satan, shut up. It says resist him. That means push back. Say, get out of here. And we push through to stay in the rest and the peace and the faith of God. Stay solid. Push through. Let's look at Ephesians 4.26. These are scriptures that are showing we have authority on the earth. Satan does not have authority over us. We, in fact, have authority over him. It wouldn't do any good to resist the devil if you couldn't push him out of your life. You have to have the ability to do that. Or, this, or the Bible's just telling you to do something that's wasting your time. Meaningless. That's not true. Here we see another similar scripture. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. You know, this is one area he's saying give place, but look at verse 27, nor give place to the devil. It says don't give place to the devil. Don't give him place. In the, in the Amplified, verse 27, Amplified Classic, it says, Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Well, if he can do whatever he wants to do in your life, then why would the Bible tell you not to give him a place, not to give him an opportunity, not to give him a foothold. Well, if he can just do whatever he wants, he doesn't need you to give him any opportunity. He'll just come in, kick the door down, and take it. That's what he wants you to believe. But it's not true. The Bible is telling us don't give an opportunity. Don't give him a foothold. Don't give him any room. Push him out. If This would be senseless if you don't have the power and the authority, should say authority, you may not have the power, the physical power, but you have the authority, and all of heaven's power backs your authority up that's been delegated to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you didn't have the authority 
to push back on the, on the devil and not give him a foothold. This is senseless. It's telling you, don't give him a place. Well, that means you, if you don't give him a place, he doesn't have a place. He doesn't have it. In the CEV, it says, don't give the devil a chance. Don't give him, well, does he need a chance? Yes, he needs a chance. He needs our consent to work in our lives. He needs to convince us to let him in. And that is part of the fight. He's pushing, trying to get you to get out of faith and let him come in. Let him do something. But he has no authority. If we say, no, leave, and resist him, he has no choice. He has to go. We don't have to rule. We don't have to, you know, shake our fist and run around and yell. It's not, it's not about our action. We're not fighting him. We're just walking in the place that God has already given us. There's a totally different thing. See, Jesus made the place for us. Jesus is the one that stripped the devil that we read. He broke the power of the devil. He moved us from the control and the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light. God, through Jesus, did that. All we're doing is walking in it and saying, leave. That our, we're not fighting to get Satan defeated. We're just enforcing what Jesus already did. Satan does not want you to know this. Satan does not want the Christian to understand that, number one, he himself, Satan, is a defeated foe, and that, number two, you, as a Christian, have the authority to tell him to leave. He wants you to believe that he can wreak havoc in your life, and you just have to take it, and that's a lie. He'll try to, get, try to push you to where you give up and let him come in. Let him do what he wants to do. Let, he wants you to believe there's no worth, there's no reason to fight back because it's just going to happen anyway. That's a lie. James 4, 6. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The first part of that says, therefore, submit to God. So we go to God, we say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Lord, whatever direction you'd have me to take, that's what I'm going to do. The first part of that is you submit to God. See, it goes right along with what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, all authority has been given to me. You go, therefore. See, when we're going to God saying, Lord, you have all authority. What would you like me to do? What's my part of the you go therefore? The great commission that Jesus said. He said, you go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We all have a part to play in that great commission. So when we go to God and submit to him, we're saying, Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? What's my part? What's my slice here? What, what should I do? See, we submit to him. Now, as you endeavor to do that, you are walking in the authority and the commission of almighty God. Now it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So you are walking in the authority of God as a Christian and you're walking in what you're supposed to do. Now Satan tries to come up and push on you. He has to go when you resist him. It says, resist the devil and he will. 
That's definite. Flee from you. In the Amplified Classic, it says, So be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Stand firm against him. Push. Say, no, no, I'm, I'm not yielding to you. You have no authority in my life. You have no ability to push me around. You've been defeated. You're a liar. I'm going on with God, and I'm going to rest with Him, and I'm going to enjoy my salvation. Now shut up and leave. I don't have to do it in a loud voice. I don't have to run around the room. You just have to give the command. You just have to say, go. In the Passion Translation, it says, So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil, and he will turn and run away from you. Stand up to the devil. You get the picture of a bully. Stand up to him. He's going around, like it said in 1 Peter, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, the pre- whoever will let him do it. But here it says, stand up to him. Call his bluff. Say, no. Stand up to him. Just like a bully, coward at heart, Satan is the weakest individual. He, he left God. He rebelled against God. That was stupid. We are on the side of the Almighty. We know the Almighty. We are in the family of the Almighty. It says, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn around or turn and run away from you. It says he will. And that's what flee means. Turn and run away from him. It doesn't say he might. It says you stand up to him, resist him, and he'll run away. He'll turn and run because he is scared of the name of Jesus. But notice you have to stand up to him. What so many people have done is cower from him. Convinced that he can do whatever he wants. It's not true. In the Merriam-Webster dictionary, flee, it means to run away often from danger or evil. So to run away from danger or evil. Or it means to hurry toward a place of security. That's what flee literally means. In the Bible, it means to escape. It's used to flee. This word is translated flee or escape. What is the, what is the connotation here? To get away from something that can hurt you or to get to somewhere where it's safe. That's, the, what, that's what it says the devil will do when we resist him. He will run away as if you're a danger. He'll run away to escape from you because he knows the authority and the power in the name of Jesus. So as we are walking through this world, Satan is going to, he, just like it said in 1 Peter, he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is going to push if he can. If we give him place, he'll take it. You don't have to question that. But we don't have to give him a place, and he has no authority to take anything. And so as we're walking through, and we feel the resistance, we feel the push, some, some circumstances are happening, and the, the thoughts are there, you're going you're gonna to miss it here, you're not going to succeed, you're going down, whatever. We need to call that bluff and say, re- realize that anything that's discouragement or fear is from Satan. And we need to push back and say, no. Just like it says here, resist the devil, and he will run away. Now, he'll try to come back and say, oh, I'm not going anywhere, blah, 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 blah. But he has to go. The authority in the universe 
says he has to go. Satan has been defeated by Jesus, and we have been translated into God's family. And so when we resist him, he has to go. God is faithful to do what he said in his word. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray.